Welcome to Alcoholics Androgynous. Sarah, what are you drinking today? I saved this again because I decided that I really like doing that on the microphone. (laughs) Um, It is fun. So what I have today is from this brewery that I like from Cooperstown, New York, Omegong. Oh, I love them. The one that I have is... I got this a long time ago, so it might be expired, which is uh, really the situation with the majority of the beer in my fridge. Um, It's called Philosophy and Velocity East Coast Edition. Oh my god, this would actually be great if we were doing your other podcast, because look, it's got like the racing flag. Oh god, I have my background blur. Oh Um, yeah. Because I use Zoom for work. But listen to Box 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 for more <laughs> racing info. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's a Belgian style quadruple ale with an imperial coffee stout. And I chose oh. I chose this today because I'm trying to get a little bit better about choosing my drinks based on the episodes we're doing. And spoiler, I'm gonna be talking about Four Loco today, which <gasps> used to have caffeine in it and so does coffee but i don't think the coffee stout does which is great because it's 7 30 p.m on a monday yeah and i need to go (laughs) to sleep after this (laughs) what about you shannon what are you drinking i am drinking a so i live by an h mart now so i am drinking a japanese pilsner and i do not know what type of Pilsner? Any other information? Because the rest of it was in Japanese. It just said Pilsner and then a bunch of Japanese characters. So, Is it, yep. a, <laughs> is it Sapporo or Asahi? Nope. <laughs> Label was not in English. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. That's great. Yeah. So it's a, but it, I mean, it's a good Pilsner. Tastes like any other Pilsner. They all taste the same, if yeah. I'm honest. Pilsners be like that. Uh, but they're yeah. Good. They're a solid beer. But you know what would make this beer better is if I had a tiny little pod of about an ounce and a half of melon flavored malt liquor. What? <laughs> Which brings me to our topic oh. today. <laughs> okay, I I see what you're doing there. Yes. Uh, if only the Anheuser Busch product spikes spikes with a Y wasn't discontinued. Uh, if only, then uh, I would be able to make my Pilsner taste like lemon or melon or whatever. Yes. So today we are talking about spikes for loco and alcohol now for children, apparently. So, um, yeah, talking about alcohol for kids. <laughs> I would just like to say, sorry to interrupt, that this beer is amazing and I don't think that kids would like it. Because I don't Mm. know. I wish I could tell you what flavor I'm trying to think of right now. But no, wait, you know what? I think it's the flavor of the quadruple ale. Because I like those Belgian triples and (laughs) quadruples and doubles. Sorry. (laughs) You know what I think would go well with your coffee stout quad? Is it a melon flavored malt infusion there's a hot chocolate flavored one as well that's correct so (laughs) i think that would pair nicely so uh yes the (laughs) the flavors i am mentioning uh which are a bit unorthodox if we're honest melon and hot chocolate cool they belong to spikes s-p-y-k-e-s spikes uh which was a brand introduced by anheuser-busch in the early 2000s and they stopped selling them in 2007 they look like i don't know how to describe them other than little like you know the mio uh like flavoring for water they look like those but like highlighter colors pretty much like really bright pink and like orange and green i i just looked it up and i think it it looks kind of like nail polish 
to me. Like a yep. little bottle so of nail polish. So one, one of the groups that criticized them did say that they thought the bottles were designed to look like nail polish. They do look like little drugstore nail polish brands. Um, Ooh, to trick, yeah. the, to trick the people into letting kids buy it. Yeah, or so that you might not question if you saw a kid with it. Uh, I I want to I want to briefly touch on. I think it's I think he was CEO at the time. He was some chief executive role. August Bush the fourth, also known by his nickname, which is just the fourth of Anheuser Busch. He was the one who I think conceptualized this product, and he really was gunning for it for the entire run of the product. He thought that this was like the new way, these tiny little bottles of malt liquor. So Anheuser-Busch marketed this as something that you could either take as a shot or add as a flavoring to beer or other beverages, which if we're honest, the flavors were melon, mango, lime, and hot chocolate. And the only one that sounds good of that is maybe the lime and the mango. I... I like melon flavored things. And also those flavors remind me of the original Jewel Pods. <laughs> so you heard it here first, folks. Anheuser-Busch inspired the original Jewel Pod. It is the same concept, isn't it? Like getting kids into vaping with fun flavors. That's why they're not allowed to make the fun ones anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So I will say Anheuser-Busch has maintained a stance on this, that these were never marketed towards kids. Um, And so even though there was a bunch of like public advocacy groups that were creating some stirs and saying like, hey, stop making spikes. It is a brand that is literally these little fun color nail polish bottles of malt liquor that you're meant to spike your beverages with. (laughs) But like... Don't look that sus if a teen has them because they kind of look like, like, very obviously, and with the flavors too, marketed towards kids. Like, it it very much looks like a kid's product uh, if you look at them. You know, you can see where that outcry comes from. Do you know how much alcohol is in one of these? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so Anheuser-Busch's defense on this was that... Not only were they not intentionally marketing it towards kids, uh, and by the way, sorry, it's two ounces, so it's a little over a shot. Yeah. So <laughs> they only have 12% alcohol by volume, which is a, only? a glass of wine. Well, it's like doing a shot of wine. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah. So the other thing is, though, and this will lead into Four Loco, is that they did also contain caffeine, ginseng, and guarana, which are ingredients in energy drinks mm-hmm. <laughs> but anheuser-busch's defense was that spikes is the lowest alcohol content product in its entire product line at the time or at least in the market segment of malt liquors and malt beverages so but not beer right yeah i guess not beer because i think they were mainly saying that in that alternative product line and so they were also saying because it has such a low alcohol content it doesn't appeal to underage drinkers because they favor products with higher alcohol content. Hilarious statement. Underage drinkers would prefer any alcohol content. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> if we're honest. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and also... Whatever they can get, really, Yeah, right? like, it's truly whatever they can get. Have you seen any content on TikTok from underage drinkers? Because I have. The shit that they do to get any tiny amount of alcohol into, like, a, a Capri Sun pouch or something, like, it's weird. Wait, really? <laughs> There's TikTok tutorials? There are TikTok tutorials. I will not be telling you the hacks on this podcast, because one, I don't think okay. they lend themselves to an audio medium, and two, I don't want to encourage it, because there are physiological repercussions <laughs> and possible legal ones right. for us. So, I will. I I'll wait till after to ask you about yeah. it. Because you're right, we're not trying to help anyone <laughs> no. drink who's underage. Because this that's is wrong. a 21 plus podcast, and we don't endorse it, <laughs> or yes. 18 plus, depending on your location. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. true. Yes, definitely 18 plus, unless you promise you promise not to drink during it. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> Anheuser Busch maintains that they halted the sale of this product in 2007 not due to these advocacy groups, but rather 
due to a purchase that happened from InBev pretty much a year prior. What ended up happening was basically August Bush IV conceives this product in like 2005. They start making it. They get taken over by InBev. InBev is like, what the fuck is this? This isn't selling. None of these flavors are good. Stop it. They had low sales, we're honest, because... You know, you're marketing a product towards kids exclusively, pretty much. You're not going to have huge sales. Like, right. That's what happens. They're not going to be able yeah. to buy it. So um, so they ended up, uh, InBev ended up being like, let's cut this. August Bush was very upset and very passionate about it. This was like his baby. He was like fighting InBev on this, but also like fighting the advocacy groups and being like, this obviously isn't for kids. This is for adults. This is like, this is my new favorite drink, actually. These tiny little two ounce bottles of (laughs) hot chocolate flavored malt liquor. (laughs) Yeah, so that's the main overview of Spikes. So while it was a very obvious marketing ploy towards kids, it ultimately was shut down due to lack of sales because they were trying to tap into a market that legally cannot buy their product at this point in time. Mm -hmm. So I guess now I'll turn it over to you for our other favorite children-based alcoholic beverage. (laughs) Before we get into that, I would like to talk about Mike's Hard Lemonade Mm. because was August Bush possibly like a little bit of a black sheep in his family because he didn't like the taste of beer and so he really really needed this to work and maybe his thing is something like Mike's Hard Lemonade which I also believe is a drink that is kind of maybe for kids yeah (laughs) I I'm pretty into the show to catch a predator (laughs) because I love true crime um, and I think that Chris Hansen is really funny because he he gets so offended when people don't recognize him. And I think it's so funny. Don't you know a celebrity when you see one? Yeah. Don't you know a news anchor who specifically catches people who prey on teenagers when you see him? Yeah, he's funny. Anyway, the decoy teens on that show, which was like an early 2000s show, they would always ask for Mike's Hard Lemonade. And... The really funny thing is that I think that Mike's Hard Lemonade tried to sue NBC because basically the fact that they were always asking for Mike's Hard Lemonade while being like free advertising is also advertising that children are the people asking for this. (laughs) Does my point come across? I don't know. (laughs) So Mike's Hard is also made by AB, right? Uh... I don't know. I uh, This is a thought that I just had off the cuff, so I, I've not done my research into it. I I was watching some clips of To Catch a Predator earlier, and uh, I realized... It's owned by Badlands. Sorry, just had to... So it's not AB. Okay. But I do think that, like, hard lemonade and hard soda... Smirnoff ice. And kind of, and, like, hard seltzers. Hard seltzers, for sure. But that's also a college kind of thing, too. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that people drink when they don't like the taste of alcohol and they're trying to get used to it, which is usually young people. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I'll start my story about Four Loco. So... This actually, this story actually starts with a different caffeinated alcoholic beverage called Sparks, which doesn't exist anymore. And basically, it just that just tasted like Red Bull, which sounds disgusting to me because I don't like energy drinks. Mm-hmm. So like in the 1990s is when this energy drink craze happened because it's when Red Bull was first introduced to the United States. Yeah. And then this company, Sparks, soon after saw the market for like putting alcohol in it because i think probably vodka red bulls started to exist pretty much as soon as red bulls got over here but i'm sure um sorry yeah quick Um, quick question unrelated but also so when i was a kid i was convinced that red bull was an alcoholic beverage just because it was kind of taboo and no adult ever let me have it and i was I know that there's other people that have had that experience, and I was wondering if you were one of those people. No, I actually literally had no idea. I could not understand what Red Bull was because the advertisements are very difficult for a child to understand. 
Because, like, they don't talk about it being an energy drink at all. So I actually was at the grocery store or something and I asked my parents if I could have if I could try it so they got me it because I don't think my parents knew what Red Bull was but it they at least used to have these like cool soda tabs that had like a cutout of a bowl on them and Mm. I think that drew me in and then we went to go we went to dinner after and I like opened up my Red Bull to try it and realized that it was one of the worst things I've ever I had ever (laughs) tasted up until that point it was bad yeah, I don't I did not realize it was an energy drink. So back to like Sparks, that really appealed to people. Um, Sparks was founded in 2002 and between 2003 and 2005, the company had a compound annual growth rate of 107 percent, which is very good. And uh, Shannon and I, we uh, we were both working in finance. So Two that, finance bros. Yeah. Here. Okay, but technically I'm out of finance as of about a month ago. I mean, ago, technically I'm in compliance, so. <laughs> okay. Well, then it, actually n- <laughs> no finance bros here. Thank God. Okay, anyway. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Sparks was making a lot of money and its success led to the production of other caffeinated malt beverages, including Tilt and Bud Extra from our old pal Anheuser-Busch and eventually Four loco. But just to rewind a little bit back to 2002, when Sparks first hit the market, there were these three frat guy alumni from Ohio State. Their names were Jeff Wright, Chris Hunter, and Jason Freeman, but that's Jason with an I and an E. J- in the Jason? Yes, in the Jason. It's J-A-I-S-E-N, which is a ridiculous way to spell the name Jason. Jason? <laughs> Yeah. I'm so maybe it's Jason. Jason. These guys, they saw how popular Sparks was and since they were like in a fraternity at Ohio State, they have tons of experience mixing alcohol with Red Bull. Obviously. And so they thought they could do better. <laughs> uh so in 2005, they founded a company called Fusion Projects that was completely dedicated to creating caffeinated alcohol. And also that's fusion with a PH. Oh my God. They love their alternative spellings. (laughs) I wonder if that came from Jason. Yeah. The first product that came out of fusion was just called four, which I don't understand because there were three guys as far as I know. So I don't know why it's called four. Uh, It's the fourth guy. uh, Yeah. The fourth guy is the alcohol. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, similarly to Spikes, it was made with energy drink ingredients like guarana and also taurine, which is an important ingredient in Red Bull. And I assume the reason why it's called Red Bull, because taurine is a biochemical that comes from bull bile originally. Interesting. Yeah. I was going to say because of the root word being tor, but oh, that right. is more interesting if we're honest. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think the root word comes from the fact that it comes from a bull's liver. Is that where bile comes from? I think it's a pancreas. Oh, okay. I'm not a doctor. Right. Don't listen to me. Anyway, I'm currently drinking a beer. I don't know shit about pancreases. <laughs> Two people not in finance or medicine. Mhm. Yeah, so for the vinyl ingredient was another old friend of ours, wormwood. Mm. So yeah, we got the caffeine and we got the wormwood and then we have 6% alcohol, which sounds great, right, Shannon? 6% mm. alcohol is not very high. That's like a, a low beer. You know what? I think that's what everyone else said because four was a massive failure. <laughs> so... <laughs> I was going to say, because, like, (laughs) I thought it had... Okay, whatever. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, so Fusion, they moved on to their next project, which was Four Loco. Yay. Oh, my favorite. (laughs) So, you probably don't need me to tell you this, but Four Loco was a huge success. Hyper horny and happy, 
that's the unofficial tagline that it got from the Ball State Daily News. And uh, Ball State is a name of a college that you can go to if you want. I know someone that went to Ball State. And when they did their, their college announcement, they were a very serious individual. But everyone on Instagram was commenting just like, nice, like laughing emoji <laughs> underneath their <laughs> underneath their post. And I don't think they understood why because they were a very wholesome person. But... We all knew. That's so funny. <laughs> um, another name for it is a blackout in a can, which is a shared experience among people because a four loco is a combination of 156 milligrams of caffeine, which is a small sized coffee, and 12% alcohol in a 23.5 ounce can for less than $3 each. So what could go wrong? Like an Arizona iced tea. Yeah. That big of a can on that small of a budget. Well, you could also say that it's like an entire bottle of wine because a bottle of wine, a standard bottle of wine is 25 ounces. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's crazy. Purely biological standpoint, coming from somebody with no background in medicine, I will go over... Why you shouldn't mix alcohol and caffeine? Mm -hmm. Because this is a podcast where we like to endorse being safe and especially (laughs) with alcohol because that would be the responsible thing to do. So most people know alcohol is a central nervous system depressant, but caffeine is a stimulant and that means it can actually mask the effects of alcohol So a person who's drinking a vodka Red Bull, for example, or an original Four Loco, might not feel as drunk as they otherwise would. And then that might lead to them drinking more because they feel like they need to drink more to get drunk. Like I said, Four Loco is not a standard 12 ounce beer or even a 16 ounce monster or a a pounder. Is Is that what a 16 ounce beer is called? What's a tall boy? Is that 19 ounces? Somebody just explained this to me a couple days ago. I think a tall boy's a pint, and I don't know metric to imperial, but... Well, all right. We'll say that I'm right about that. Uh, Like I said, it's 23.5 ounces, which is about the size of a whole bottle of wine, as well as 12% alcohol, which is also about the same alcohol percentage as, as wine. So... Basically, drinking a Four loco is like drinking an entire bottle of wine. Is my That's my conclusion that I'm making here. And a cup of coffee. Right. <laughs> Originally, yes. A cup of wine and a cup of coffee together. Now, just a... Mm-hmm. just No, no, sorry. Bottle of wine. Currently, just a bottle of wine because there's no longer caffeine in Four loco. So while I was doing the research for this episode, I also came across five deaths linked to Four loco. The oldest one of these people who died was 21. Everybody else was under. Oh, my God. Every, all the other four were under the legal drinking age. I think, like, the youngest. Jesus Christ. I think the youngest was maybe 14. Oh, that, my God. Yeah. I remember. Oh, I wasn't, like, of drinking age. I think I was, like, still in middle school. And I wasn't cool enough to be drinking in middle school. But I mean, sorry, we don't promote that here. I wasn't lame enough to be drinking in middle school. We were really cool and we didn't drink until we were in college. I didn't drink until I was in college. Maybe you were. I didn't drink until I was in college. (laughs) Yeah, because we were really cool. You know, because we're just so cool and we saved it till college. Anyway, so I, I, but I do remember in middle school, all of the public backlash to it. And I remember like hearing on the news about deaths, but I, I don't remember like the ages of them because I, I think also maybe it just went over my head because they were older than I was right. at the time. But like now looking back and hearing that like a 14 year old literally died from drinking Four loco, that is insane. Yeah. The biggest issue is not that like drinking a lot of alcohol can kill you or like drinking alcohol and caffeine together can make you overdose. It's more that like, Drinking alcohol and caffeine together or just a lot of alcohol might lead you to make a really stupid choice like to drive while you're drunk or to just keep drinking more um, and not go to sleep, which is what you should do once you get to a certain level of being drunk. Right. Yeah. So this leads me to the issue 
that's the topic of this episode, there's only one market for a fruit-flavored mix of alcohol and energy drink, and that's young binge drinkers. Right. So even after 2010, when the FDA forced companies like Four Loco to remove the caffeine from their products, Four Loco is still marketing towards teens and undergrads, is what I am going to, that's my assertion. And I mean, that's my experience, honestly, in undergrad. I don't know anyone above the age of 21 who is buying Four Locos, if we're honest. I say that all the time. I've never seen someone over 21 have a Four Loco. So I got a nice quote from Chuck Schumer, who says that Four Loco is designed to appear hip with flashy colors and funky designs that could appeal to young consumers. And I I thought that was a fun quote because he he said <laughs> he said funky designs and hip. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Chucky's right on that one. Yeah. Good old Chuck Schumer. Yeah. I mean, the can is designed to look like an energy drink or like an ice like an Arizona iced tea. It's not designed to look like alcohol. I don't yeah. want to step on any of your toes, Shannon, because I think you're going to go more into the psychological reasons for the marketing. So I will just say that majority of alcoholic advertising regulation addresses the marketing of alcohol towards underage drinkers, but actually those rules and restrictions are like completely self-regulated by alcohol companies. So I had told you a little bit earlier <laughs> that there are no laws. I was supposed to look into legal stuff, but there really aren't any laws that prevent alcohol companies from doing things. It's basically all self-regulated for example in the 40s liquor ads were banned from television up until the 90s and those bans were even self-imposed by liquor companies that were scared of another prohibition happening and then i guess by the 90s they were like another prohibition's not going to happen so now they they do it so was there no official lawsuit or legal intervention with Four Loco from the FDA or anything? Not from the government. I mean, the only, the intervention was the FDA saying that specifically Four Loco and other brands that were energy drinks that were also alcoholic needed to take the energy drink part out. And then there okay. were there were lawsuits over all of the deaths that I that I talked about earlier. So you legally can't sell uh, alcohol energy drink hybrid. You can't. Unless you're like a bar mixing it yourself. They have to be sold separately is what I'm so, saying. So right? the thing is that, yes, you can't sell an alcoholic energy drink. And the words are very important that I'm saying is you can't sell an mm-hmm. alcoholic energy drink. But last mm-hmm. week we were talking about Pabst and how... PBR sells a hard coffee now, which yeah, is, that's it's true. a coffee, so it has caffeine in it. And like in our vodka episode, there's coffee liqueurs and stuff. Yeah, and like, well, in our, in our vodka episode, I was drinking a beer that had coffee in it. So yeah, you, I I think it it has to do with the amount of caffeine and okay. the marketing really because I don't I think that maybe the consensus is that if you're making something that's like a coffee flavor it's not being marketed towards kids and i guess like yeah i would agree with that (laughs) right and the color brown is not really a color you use to attract children so i think i think that's like how it works logistically yeah it's it's very confusing because i was looking into this and then i i suddenly remembered that we literally just talked about hard coffee and I was like, that, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. And I had basically a hard coffee like two episodes ago. Yeah. So I, the thing about uh, PBR hard coffee, though, is that it has way less caffeine than Four Loco used to. I think that you need to drink like maybe like four of them to to really get like the amount of caffeine that you get from an energy drink. And I think Mm -hmm. that PBR's official stance is to not do that. I also, I I don't think PBR would endorse that of any of their products, honestly. I don't think anyone would want, (laughs) well, actually, I don't want to take that stance. Well, (laughs) I have, uh, I, uh, I'm very guilty of drinking 
at least four PBRs <laughs> in a row. Um, have you ever heard of a little game called Birio Kart that I'm not going to explain on this podcast? <laughs> because that's appealing towards children, yeah. Sarah, please. <laughs> okay. We have not heard of any such activity and we <laughs> promptly. I feel like that, that leads in, um, what we've discussed here with the energy drinks actually leads in well to some of the, the physiological research that I've looked into here for this week. So the effect of alcohol on kids is pretty much the same as adults, but amplified. You can imagine. <laughs> but like, because kids obviously like don't metabolize things as easy as adults and like they, I mean, they're still growing and like, depending on how young of a kid you're talking, like it can affect them quite differently than it can from adults, which is why... Most countries set their legal drinking age to either 18 or 21, which I know, hey, college kids, I know it feels like a long time, but 18 and 21 (laughs) are so close to each other in terms of your development process, I promise you. Anyway, so I just bring that up because so basically a lot of the research here suggests that like it's basically just the same effects but amplified one of the like more surprising ones was blood sugar because apparently so when you drink alcohol it increases your insulin levels and it triggers like an insulin spike which reduces your blood sugar which in a healthy adults with like a normal diet who don't have diabetes or anything they don't really feel the effects of that but children if especially young children it can cause like seizures coma death Less so among adolescents, I'll say, but, you know, it's still significant. And, you know, your risks of having an adverse reaction due to low blood sugar are amplified the younger you are. So I that's one that I didn't know about. The rest are, you know, your typical physical effects of, like, motor function and, like, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and a lot of the other studies done on this are mainly showing correlation and not necessarily causation from... <laughs> alcohol consumption what they find is that teens who do consume alcohol are more likely to engage in like criminal activities and like you know get pregnant before they're ready all of that kind of stuff but that's more correlative right because like perhaps if you're already leading that kind of lifestyle where you're more likely to do those things you're probably already drinking right right because like because if you're already committing violent crimes you don't really care about the legal drinking age right if you're cool like me and shannon were in high school then (laughs) you aren't drinking and you also aren't committing any crimes so right exactly (laughs) They did also find that there was a correlation between, like, drinking underage and then developing, like, a drinking problem when you're of age. But they found that, in actuality, your parents are a much more likely indicator of whether or not you're going to have a drinking problem when you're older. Is that about your parents drinking in front of you? Or is it about how bad of a relationship you have with your parents and how much you need to drink (laughs) to forget about it? (laughs) <laughs> I, I imagine it's both. And I imagine the, the relationship is probably more strained, the, the worse their habits are. The same thing with advertising, too, I'll say. They found that underage drinkers who didn't see any alcohol ads <laughs> drank 14 drinks per month. Uh, this is one survey, I'll say. So, you know, granted, the numbers are low, but 33 drinks per month for young adults who had seen average amounts of alcohol advertising. And then those who had seen the greatest amount of alcohol advertising drank 200 plus per month. Oh my so God. Oh, granted, it might be due to targeted ads. Again, like I, I want to be intellectually honest here and say that like these are correlations, not causations. And again, this study also showed that parents were 71 times more likely to influence their child's drinking decisions than advertisements were. But... You know, I, I just think it's interesting to know. And again, right. it could it could be going the other way. Like it could be that, you know, these people are binge drinking so often <laughs> that like they are getting the greatest amount of alcohol advertisements. That's very possible. Right. I think part of it, too, and this is something that maybe we could do an episode on in the future, is that there is a lot more alcohol advertising in lower income areas. And mm-hmm. I think that 
those are also the areas where what you're saying where like family is influencing drinking as well as peers and they are marketing towards consumers that they know are already vulnerable yeah and yeah i agreed yeah more we have to take a closer look at that right Um, right but just from the the overview so far it's it's very much like a lot of the research is just into correlation rather than causation here there is one study that's currently ongoing that I wanted to highlight because I thought it was really interesting. So it is being done by the staff at McLean Hospital. Dr. Marissa M. Silveri, uh, who is the director of neurodevelopment at McLean Hospital, they published their proposal in July earlier this year. So it's, it's very recent. The study is ongoing. We don't have the conclusion of it yet. But it is, it's super interesting. So I'll go over it. What they wanted to highlight is that they believe that one, one of the main factors that's contributing to a difference in psychological development between kids that drink while their brain is still developing and those that wait to start drinking until after is this one specific chemical in the brain that is a gamma aminobutyric acid also known as GABA, which is how I will now be referring to it as. Um, okay. So <laughs> You don't want to say the whole name? <laughs> I, I don't want to say it every single time. So GABA is found primarily within the frontal ro- lobe, which is the last lobe to develop in your brain. That's the one that everyone typically says, oh, it develops at 21 or 25 or you right. know, maybe until you're 30. It really depends on person to person. Um, but Shannon, but, you know, if it's 25, you and I, we're almost done because our birthdays yeah. are one day apart. And yeah, they're think we're almost there. Oh, yeah. get ready. <laughs> we'll finally have our prefrontal lobes. <laughs> yeah. Um, we can finally rent a car <laughs> without paying extra fees. Yes. I've been waiting. <laughs> yeah, but it's the, the part that is responsible for planning, decision making, short-term memory, cognitive control, that kind of stuff. That's important for like being an adult. Kids are not known for, we'll say. Right. And so during adolescence, the brain goes through a lot of changes. A lot of chemical things are happening within the body. I am not a scientist. Don't ask me what. But one of those things that uh, McLean Hospital hopes to look at is these levels of GABA, which will increase throughout the adolescent process. So, you know, 12 to 14 year olds have much lower GABA levels than those that are 18 to 22 year olds as you're developing. And yeah, by late adolescence, your GABA levels should increase. Uh, they are GABA is a neuroinhibitor, so it is basically responsible for mellowing out your mood. Like, so you know how teenagers are like constantly having mood yeah. spikes. <laughs> yes. Um, and they they are generally quite anxious and like you know, <laughs> and adults are less so. That's partially Sometimes. thanks to GABA. Yeah, sometimes. It depends on the person. But yeah, GABA is a neuroinhibitor. Um, and so that's what they're seeking to look at is how drinking underage could potentially reduce how much GABA ends up forming in your brain between these later ages of adolescence. Because what they think happens is that you end up with less <laughs> if you're drinking at an underage level because it is inhibiting your ability to produce more GABA in the brain. I may have butchered that explanation. Um, I am not a doctor, but that's the basic, you know, gist of it. And what they find mm-hmm. is that, you know, it inhibits ultimately neurodevelopment. Uh, your prefrontal cortex is less, I don't know, like <laughs> able. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they found that verbal learning was also uniquely impacted among different cognitive tests that they did. They did some preliminary testing. Um, it's unethical to, you know, administer alcohol to underage kids right. uh, in a clinical setting to see how it's going to affect their brains as they grow up. But these were just mainly done from surveys of people that were already drinking of their own right. accord. They did some on lab animals, and they also found an interesting point, which was that adolescents were less likely to experience like loss of motor function and sleepiness, which enabled them to drink much more because they were less aware of how drunk they were. 
which also mm-hmm. ties okay. in to the caffeine, to the caffeine element that you were mentioning yeah right of energy drinks also inhibiting that awareness of how drunk you are which could lead to you know death and poor decisions if you end up overindulging right or um, at least blacking out and then right. really you don't know what decisions you've made right <laughs> you can only hope that they weren't that bad yeah so yeah that's that's that study it's still ongoing they're still looking at this but i just thought that was an interesting one to highlight because i think it pretty much supports what we already thought was happening but they're finally like kind of doing the research to show some sort of causation here which is really cool is that your 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 segment there yes all right (laughs) that's us we're really good at um finance medicine and law Mm -hmm. i don't know if this would interest you but i i do have a little snippet of disney's alcohol advertising policy if you'd like to, oh this is interesting i would like, to, like know. to know what it is okay because so, i went to disney world one time and my dad wanted to buy a shot glass like a, a little souvenir mm-hmm. and they were um they were being labeled as candle holders like votive what? candle holders yeah they were not allowed to market them as a shot glass. And my dad was joking with the cashier and he was like, yeah, I'm going to put a lot of candles in that. <laughs> I think this is referring to adults drinking alcohol on screen. I'm. Mm-hmm. It's very unclear if this has to do with content that Disney produces or advertising that's happening during the content. But... Officially, the advertising policy is that on-screen talent has to be at least 25 years old and they have to be acting in a role that's at least 21 years old, which makes sense. And at least 72% of the audience of that program where the alcohol advertising will appear has to be at least 21 years or older, which is probably why they had to call the shot glass a candle holder because i don't think that 72 percent of the people who go to (laughs) disney are 21 years or older yeah i'm imagining that's applying to like espn and abc and their other properties because i don't think i've ever actually seen any alcohol content on disney channel or anything here is something here's something though that i don't i don't know the answer to this so apparently in the Cruella movie, which I didn't see, but I, I was talking about this podcast episode with Caroline, and she has recently seen Cruella, and apparently there's like a scene where Cruella gets really drunk and is like is drinking on screen, and then she goes and like wrecks a store or something, and mm-hmm. so. That's really confusing because I don't think that 72% of the audience of the Cruella movie is over 21. I don't know, though, because they they wanted to make Lady Joker. So maybe they thought it would be. Also, how are they measuring the audience statistics for a property like that that isn't out yet? Because like, if they're shooting the movie or editing the movie, how do they know? If 72% is going to be that age or not. This has to more apply to channels that Disney owns, right? Because that's so much easier to to measure. Because you get running stats on each show. I have to assume that it's like ABC and that kind of stuff. I mean, my only guess about that question is that she is doing something that the movie implies is negative behavior and maybe so that's it's okay to show it this has to mostly have to do with like on-screen actors drinking on disney channel shows versus i guess like espn or or advertising on espn versus disney because that makes a lot more sense and is a lot more cut and dry does disney allow the incest folgers ad i don't know i don't think that anyone plays that ad anymore but i I saw it last year i'm not even joking yeah i saw it last year you know what's really funny i actually think about that ad a lot every time i see folgers i think about that (laughs) ad and i i don't i don't know how nobody else does it's really funny because i 
I was do. asked. I think about it. It's I so think weird. about it every time I see the full. Every time I see a Folgers product, I think about it, and I see them so often. So I'm glad somebody else. <laughs> they is really thinking marketed about it. themselves. They cemented themselves in the public psyche as the incest-friendly brand. Yeah, and Ugh. you know what? I don't know what that says about the people I know who drink Folgers coffee in front of me. Oh God. Hey, I'm going to state it here publicly. I do not drink Folgers. I do not like their coffee. And it might be because of that ad. Anyway. I am going to say that I don't endorse incest, but I have had Folgers coffee because I'll take it if it's offered to me. It's not even good coffee. (laughs) Yeah, but if it's offered to me. If you're going to be the incest coffee, you got to be good coffee at least. Come on. You have to have something going for you. I mean, you're right. (laughs) I listen. I don't buy. I don't buy Folgers. I I buy. I buy Bones coffee. I like it because there's skeletons on all the coffee, and it's it reminds me of Halloween, and they have fun flavors. Okay. I I think that I'm I'm getting into this this point where I am denying things too much. And yeah, then you, you sound a little bit guilty. defensive. <laughs> like how everyone's always calling me a furry because of how i'm talking about how i'm not a furry all the time (laughs) oh god that's on record i gotta think about whether i'm gonna leave that in there or not (laughs) (laughs) uh you know you're not living life if you haven't been called a furry at least once (laughs) uh anyway did you have any more legal stuff nope that it's really frustrating because everything is self-regulated which means that, uh, like, alcohol companies, they can bend whatever rules they want because they set the rules and they can be like, you know what, technically, this isn't that with yeah. anything. I mean, especially with social media, everything's, like, changing so fast that, yeah. like, the, and the regulatory process is so slow. It's really the ball is in the court of the people making the alcohol. What I will say is that from what I found, because like today we don't see much marketed towards children and it's because of like advocacy groups and stuff, but it's also because of the fact that like alcohol did go through prohibition in the United States. And I was just reading a think piece on this. So granted, this is just someone's opinion, but because of that, American liquor brands have this sort of fear instilled within them that like if they do not live up to like public opinion and like maintain their their status in like the public's eyes they can just be like wiped out of existence again like very easily if there's a pro- like if they if they go too far they will instill a want for prohibition um, yeah. once again within the public and i think they have a long way to go before that happens <laughs> especially in america But, like, it's an interesting thing to consider that, like, maybe it it is perhaps true that the history of alcohol in America has, like, instilled this sort of fear. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, in alcohol brands. I think it is true. Like, what I said about liquor companies intentionally banning their own ads from like TV and radio for a long time, I think it is any, any regulation is self preservation to keep the public at bay because yeah. i think if you if you overstep then you turn into four loco and you have one of like the main ingredients of your product taken out and then you're you're just like not popular anymore yeah do college students still drink four loco i don't know maybe i've been i out think of they do but it's just long. for the clout of it it's just for the like history you know yeah because I, I, I think it was probably more popular before. And especially because when in 2010, when right before, there was like a couple of days or maybe like a week that they had to, to change the recipe during that, those like last days. They made so much money because everybody was just yeah. buying the original recipe for Loco and then selling it on ebay for like 40 dollars a can yeah even though they are worth literally two dollars um (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, I think that is a real concern that like if you do something and you get enough public outcry about it, you will be wiped out of existence. Yeah, I think it's also because and I think it's probably going to be the same way with any controlled substance like we're seeing weed being legalized in a lot of states. And I think that, you know, granted, they're not currently like self-regulated, like in the same Mm. way that alcohol is. But I think if you're teetering on the edge of legality for most of your existence, Mm -hmm. you're probably going to self-regulate a bit better than like other industries uh, when forced to self-regulate. Right. (laughs) Right. Look at us. We're so we are so good at being lawyers, I think. I I think this is. And doctors. So my parents would be so proud. Uh, both a lawyer and a doctor this episode wow i guess that's it for this episode yeah i will remind everyone again that we are on social media because we're cool uh we are on instagram and twitter at alexandropod soon ish maybe even on tiktok because that is what we would do if we were cool people it sure is oh unless we are too cool for TikTok and we never get around to it. We're just so indie. Yes. And that means that you're cool for listening to this. Right. And you waited until college um, legal drinking yeah. age to start consuming alcohol products. Yeah. You're over 21 and you're drinking while you listen to this. and you. But a moderate amount, a very moderate right. amount. And you're not driving. You hid your keys. You're having no. one beer you're at home. and then you're going to sleep. You're at home already. Right. right. You're already <laughs> at home. You're drinking one beer with me and Shannon. We're both drinking one beer for this episode. And uh, mm. it's been about an hour. So that's good. So. Uh, and you're eating snacks throughout too. And you're hydrating so that you don't get right. a hangover tomorrow. Um, yep. Yeah, and that's responsible <laughs> drinking with alcoholics androgynous. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening. Uh, yeah. d- 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 <laughs> I don't know how the kids say goodbye these days. <laughs>